1: Hi, everybody. I'm not in New York. I'm in Florida. And I'm at Mar-a-Lago, President Trump's magnificent estate slash social club. It is an amazing place. I've Never actually been here before. And uh, I just had a very thorough conversation with him about America, the world, And his new book, it's called Letters to Trump. You know, he's written a great deal of letters, even decades before he became president, to some of the most famous people who have ever lived. It's an absolute fascinating book. But uh, we start off with some current events, namely what's going on at Fox News these days. Mr. President, thank you.
2: Thank you very much. It's good to
1: see you. My honor. So, Tucker Carlson was sitting here two weeks ago
2: interviewing you, he's gone, what do you make of that? Well, I'm shocked, I'm surprised, Uh, he's a very good person, a very good man, and very talented as you know, and he had very high ratings, so uh, we're just learning about it almost as we speak. You and I just said, wow, that was something, that's a big one. Uh, I don't know if it was voluntary or was it, uh, uh, was somebody fired? But I think Tucker's been uh, terrific. He's been, especially over the last year or so, he's been terrific to me.
1: There's a lot of turmoil over there, Fox. I mean, 787 they just paid. Why would they get rid of a guy who's performing? Why would somebody do that to their
2: business? Because they're they're losing money right now. Their stock has gone down. Well, I was surprised that they made a settlement on that case. I thought that was a case that uh, should easily be won. And they made a settlement. Look, you'll have to ask them. I'm not... I'm not representing them at all by any, by any means, but the Tucker uh, situation, again, you don't know if it's a firing. Maybe he left because he wasn't being given his free reign. He wants free reign, maybe. But uh, I was surprised by it. Joe Biden
1: is said to be on the verge of declaring tomorrow, maybe. Uh, do you think that's really going to happen? And if it does, in your gut, do you think he's actually going to be the nominee of the Democrat Party?
2: It seems hard to believe and I'm not speaking from any standpoint other than I watch him like everybody else watches him and it certainly seems hard to believe it seemed hard to believe four years ago but he was in the basement and now they're actually doing a tape of the announcement he's not going to make the announcement you know normally you get up and you say hey I'm running and uh, wish me luck everybody but he uh, he's doing a tape this way he can do it four or five times so he gets it right but you know i I don't think a thing like that's ever been done to put it on tape, but it would seem to me uh that somewhere along the line something will happen. It's just this country is in trouble we're We're going to end up in World War three they're talking nuclear weapons, and we have somebody that doesn't understand what's happening. We've got Ukraine and Russia fighting, and we're being dragged into it it's going to be a disaster, and they're talking again nuclear all over the place you have. Uh, China with Taiwan and they never talked this way when I was there they knew they couldn't talk that way and I spoke to President Xi I got along with him great until COVID and then I didn't really choose to get along so great but President Xi of China he never talked this way and you never said there was zero chance that Ukraine and Russia would have been doing what they're doing right now zero chance that Russia would have gotten in Uh, I also got along with Putin and Putin would never have done this this is shocking And a lot of it had to do with the fact that in Afghanistan, we looked so stupid and so weak when they surrendered in Afghanistan, because they actually surrendered. I mean, the way they got out, they left $85 billion worth of equipment, 13 dead soldiers, and perhaps thousands of people. I don't know. Nobody has any idea. They say hundreds, but maybe thousands of Americans behind. Nobody's ever seen anything like that. I think it was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. Nobody's ever seen anything like that, Greg, and... When Putin looks at that and when uh, all of them, President Xi, Kim Jong-un, when all of them, when they look at this, Iran, they see weakness and they see, you know, they didn't think that was possible coming out of the United States of America. And it wasn't possible with me. I would have had us out, but I would have had us out with dignity. We didn't have one soldier killed in 18 months in Afghanistan. Not one soldier. I spoke to Abdul, the leader. And after that talk, he and I, There wasn't one soldier killed, he understood, wasn't, not one, 18 months. And everybody confirms that, admits that, and can't even believe it. But to get out of Afghanistan the way we did, the most embarrassing moment, and I think that led to a lot of bad things.
1: We know that the Biden family now received money from China. James Comer, that oversight committee, he's established that. He stood on that debate stage and said his family didn't make any money. He lied. As you know, the intelligence officials also backed him up on the laptop. Uh, First off, do you think we need a special prosecutor for Joe Biden?
2: Well, I think everybody knows what happened. I mean, I asked during the debate, and then Chris Wallace, who was terrible, absolutely. He he will never be Mike Wallace, that we know, his father. Mike Wallace was... A friend of mine, actually, he did 60 Minutes with me, it was a long time ago, when he was good. But he was a tough cookie. But Chris Wallace wouldn't let me even talk about it. $3.5 million coming in from the mayor of Moscow's wife. And I said, well, let's talk about that. And he wouldn't let us talk about that. Now that's become a big subject. How about all the money coming in from Afghanistan and the money coming in from China? And it's not like you are doing anything for it. You're not working, you're not managing funds, you're not doing whatever you're supposed to be doing. They're just the money is just being spread out all over the Biden family. So I don't know a special prosecutor. I have a special prosecutor. I have a guy that's so biased that hates Trump so much. And Joe Biden has stuff that's so bad and nothing happens. They put these very nice people in there. It's a it's it's really a disgrace. Here's the good news. The country understands it. They see what's going on. And that's why I have such a big lead in all the polls, including against Biden. So
1: it's about 14 months, 15 months before the convention. You've got some time. It looks like you're going to win this nomination. I mean, the polls suggest that. Are you thinking about vice president? You have the time. This is an interesting time for you. Are you thinking about that?
2: I do. I have the time. But we have a lot of good people. I don't like to think about it too much. One thing I will say, and I've watched this stuff for a long time, uh, there's never been a vice president that's done anything for the election. In other words, they vote for the one person. Uh, I had a very good vice president, did a good job till the end. I disagreed with him very strongly. I still do. But I had a guy, central casting. He was. But I don't think vice presidents have any impact at all on the vote. And this is after a long time. You know, initially when you pick it, there's a little uptick, but then it just you know goes to where it was. Uh, But we have, I mean, more importantly, not for election, more importantly, it's such an important position. If something happens, that's going to be your president. I mean, that's really the position. And uh, we have so many great people.
1: Your friend, President Nixon, actually said that a vice presidential nominee can hurt you. It can't help you. It can only hurt you. Kind of interesting. I want to get to Nixon in a moment. By the way, Ron DeSantis, do you think he could be a good president someday? In like eight years, 16 years. I mean, you endorsed him once. He's got some talent. You're kind of crushing him right now. Someday, could he be president?
2: Well, I endorsed him once, and he was losing badly. And because of the endorsement, he won in a landslide the following, literally the following day. Look, right now, I'm very down on him. Uh, I'm a believer in loyalty, and I'm a believer in other things. And he has obviously not run a very good campaign because he's getting, he's getting crushed. So. I really don't know. I don't know him. You know, I don't know him that well. Uh, I agreed to endorse him. He came over to see me. Uh, He was one of 100 people that fought a little bit on the impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two. They were hoaxes. They were just hoaxes. And based on that, I did it because I didn't know the people he was running against. He was running against a man that was way up in the polls, leading by a massive amount. That election was over. When I endorsed him, the election was over in Ron's favor. I mean, it, it was Ron was getting ready to quit. So, I don't know. I'm very disappointed in him because I'm a a loyal person, maybe to a fault. I'm a loyal person. And somebody gets you into office, and then you're telling people, well, I don't know if I'll run against the president. You know, I mean, life shouldn't have to work that way, but it does, and that's okay too. A lot of people said loyalty doesn't mean anything. To me, loyalty means a lot.
1: If you become president. Some of the people who've worked for you have, they've gone after them. They've been hurt. They have to lawyer up. They spend a lot of money. If you get to do this again, what would you do differently? How can you, is there a way you can protect your people?
2: Well, most of my people have done really well. And most of my people were smart and tough. I had some bad ones. I mean, I wish I had a better attorney general, somebody that was tougher, that wasn't afraid to fight. You should have been fighting instead of Uh, being afraid to be impeached. He was petrified of being impeached, just petrified. It it made him... uh, There's a couple of words I could use. I would never use the word impotent, of course, but it made him absolutely useless when it came to election fraud and so many other things. And now he sits back and he pontificates with, you know, some some of these uh, various shows that are on. Uh, I wish I had a better attorney general. But I'll have a great one next time. I will tell you, I have the beautiful thing. I spent four unbelievable things. And even the Democrats, say it was one of the most successful presidencies. We got hit with COVID. I even got that where the stock market was higher at the end than it was just prior to COVID coming in. But you know, uh, I got to know everybody in Washington. I didn't know anybody in Washington. I was a New York person. I was in Washington almost never 17 times over a lifetime. I never stayed overnight so i didn't know the washington uh, establishment too well i was involved in politics but really on the other side of politics but i i know everybody now i know the good ones i know the bad ones i know the rhinos i know the weak ones and the strong ones and uh we had fantastic people in my administration, but we had some that I wish we didn't have. We, we had a number of people that I wish we didn't have. Uh, I don't think we'll have those people the second time.
1: The swamp does not want to be drained. They're going to come after you again with everything they yeah. did the last time.
2: But they'll come after other people, too. And I think other people wouldn't hold up so well. Think of it. With all of the phony stories, the impeachments and the Mueller stuff and Russia, 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 the Russia, Russia, Russia was like a big deal. You know, Russia, Russia, Russia was a made-up story. So they could save face for losing a campaign, losing when Hillary Clinton crooked Hillary. When she lost, that was going to be the reason and she was going to make up. And it was a one-day deal, it was supposed to be one day. We lost because of Russia, except it caught on because the fake news loved the narrative. So it caught on, then it went two days, three days, four days, then it went two years. It just caught on. And it's a disgrace because it really hurt our country But with all of that going on, we had one of the most successful presidencies. I rebuilt our military. I cut taxes more than any president, including Ronald Reagan. We gave the greatest tax cut in history, greatest regulation cuts in history. Space Force, right to try, such a big deal, right to try in terms of medical, in terms of, you know, we have things that are very advanced that won't be approved by the FDA quite yet. And if somebody's terminally ill or in trouble or whatever, they now have the right to use that stuff. If they're in bad shape, they sign a document, everything's taken care of and they can use it. And I've saved tens of thousands of lives with incredible stuff, incredible medical things. Um, We had an incredible administration. And I did that on top of all of these witch hunts that were going on. But I think anybody else is going to have that. I will say one thing, though, Greg, you know, people ask me often, they say, do you think the country can ever come together? And most people would say that I would say no and that a lot of other people would say no. And you might even say no. I know you well. I watch your show all the time, but I know you well. And I love your family, your father and your mother. But I will tell you this. uh, There was a period of time just before COVID coming in. This country was going on all 12 cylinders, as they say. It was at a level that nobody's ever seen before. Everybody had jobs, African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American, MIT graduates, and people that didn't have a high school diploma. Every single person, everybody had jobs. We had 161 million jobs plus, and we've never hit a number like that. And I was getting calls from people on the left that I would never have thought about talking too much, And they wanted to get together. This country was coming together. And then, of course, we got the gift from China, which is COVID or the China virus, as some people would call it, like me. Uh, And that sort of blew that up. And then we had to go back to a different form of work. And then we did a fantastic job on that. And we handed over a country, as I said, where the stock market was even higher. But we had a period of time just before COVID came in. There's never been a time in the history of our country of prosperity like that. Everybody was happy and our country was coming together and it could be done again.
1: Talking to the left. That's something you could do. You could reach out to the left.
2: I just want what's good for the country. That would be good for the country. Now, I have to tell you, with that being said, uh, if they're going to want open borders where anybody can come in from prisons and from mental institutions and hundreds of thousands of people pouring in, I'm never going to be able to support that. I'm never going to be able to support no voter ID. When you go to an election, you, you need an ID to do almost anything nowadays except vote. They don't want voter ID because they want to be able to cheat. So there are things, the whole transgender mess that's taken place. now. Uh, They're going to have to come a long way. Otherwise, people like you and like me and like a lot of people that we know are not going to be able to support that.
1: So I was on the subway the other day and somebody was smoking marijuana on the train. We all know about fentanyl, but marijuana almost overnight, half the country seems to be smoking it. You're a teetotaler. Never drank. What do you think that's doing overall to our competitiveness, to our to our psyche?
2: As well, a country. I mean, you see the same studies. Uh, it's not helping people. I mean, studies are saying that it does damage. It does uh, significant damage. And uh, it's yet, from a voting standpoint, it's a pretty popular thing. Uh, Canada has gone all that way. And other countries have gone all that way. Some countries won't do it. But I, you're going to take a look at some final results. But uh, indications are that it's not exactly helpful. So the book
1: is a delight. It's funny. It's, uh, it's interesting, it's surprising. Ted Kennedy yeah. was a friend of yours. I mean, you corresponded. Well, actually, before I get to that, a lot of people change their tune regarding you. Do you think they do that because they're hypocrites or because they knew you when you were less political?
2: Well, in the book, you see it, where I get letters from a lot of people, I won't use their names now, but I get letters from a lot of people that you, know, you would read uh, over the last three or four years when I, once I announced for president, and not even win, just the mere announcement. They went from being like big supporters and fans and friends to very standoffish uh, and worse. And that's okay. Look, I did this because America is failing. We're a failing nation and we are going down the tubes. This country is in trouble and every policy they have. We were energy independent just three years ago. We had so much energy, we didn't know what to do with it. We were, we were selling energy to Europe and to everybody. We were gonna be double the size of Russia. Think of this, of Russia and Saudi Arabia put together. Double the size, we we're gonna make a fortune. We we're gonna start paying off debt. We were a money machine and we were an energy machine. And now we take the worst energy there is. It's called from Venezuela, it's tar. And we refine it in Houston. It's heavy, horrible stuff. And we take it out of Venezuela. This is unthinkable that we're dealing with Venezuela in that way. So, look, what's happened to our country is absolutely incredible. And I say this, I'll say this a lot, and I'm starting to change the number. You could take the five worst presidents in the history of our country and add them all up. And at the end, they haven't done the damage that Joe Biden's done to our country. And now I'm starting to say, but I'm going to change the number five to ten because you could take the ten worst president. There's nothing like this has ever happened to our country. And they're allowing people into our country who are criminals, who are from prisons and mental institutions. And they are going to do tremendous damage. This isn't going to just be ending when you get rid of Biden. Now, does Biden even know what's happening? I don't think so. I don't think so, but they are very good at two things, disinformation and cheating on elections. That's what they do. You saw the disinformation with this new revelation that this was incredible, that 51 intelligence agents totally lied. I think it's treason. They totally lied just before the election, right before the vote. They lied and they said that the computer, which had all crimes on it, was Russian disinformation. Fifty-one top people, the top people in the country, they lied. I actually think it's treasonous. And by the way, that's just another way that they cheated on the election. They, sh- they cheated should, in many ways.
1: You should revoke, when you revoke their security clearances, a lot of these people still, they're contractors, they're still intelligence professionals, and they have access to our secrets.
2: Should they lose the that? The security clearance of every one of those people should be immediately revoked, absolutely. So,
1: when you wrote a letter to... Um Kim Jong-un, happy birthday, just happy birthday. Uh, That's your expertise. That's your kind of gut telling you to do that. The swamp, the intelligence community, were they horrified by that? And and that's one of the reasons why they're after you.
2: Well, they couldn't believe that I have relationships. Look, my getting along with Putin and Kim Jong-un and President Xi of China and all these people was a good thing, not a bad thing. Now, I was tough than them. There was nobody tougher in Russia. I'm the one that ended their pipeline. Nord Stream 2. Nobody ever heard of the term Nord Stream 2. I ended it. Uh, What I did with North Korea was incredible. They were getting ready to have a nuclear war with us. And I was able to stop it. If if the Obama term was another year longer, you would have had a nuclear war with North Korea. Uh, China. They understood. I took in hundreds of billions of dollars from China. No other president took in 28 cents, nothing. They didn't take out anything. And speaking of 28, using the number 28, I got $28 billion from China for our farmers, because China hurt our farmers very badly for a period of time. And I said, how much was it? And they said, sir, that amounts to about $28 billion. And I got $28 billion. China gave our farmers $28 billion. That's why when they ask whether or not I'll get the farm vote, I sort of think I will, okay? Because the farmers became, I mean, they couldn't believe I was able to do this. But I took in hundreds of billions of dollars from China in the form of taxes and tariffs. No other president took in 10 cents, not 10 cents. Who's running the country right now?
1: It doesn't seem to be Joe Biden. Susan Rice, I hear, just left, but you know there are other people. Who do you, who do you think is running the I country? I think it's a
2: little group, a small group of people that are very smart, very radical left, probably Marxists, and they're running our country into the ground. And they're using uh, law enforcement and they're using uh, the DOJ and the FBI as retribution, something that has never happened anywhere near what's going on right now. What they're doing in terms of DOJ, FBI, law enforcement uh, to politics is nobody's ever seen anything like it. I mean, there has never been a. This is Marxism. This is communism. What they're doing, if it doesn't stop. I mean, look, our country's in serious trouble anyway. But that is something, and that's the way they're going to try and win the elections, by the way, because c- they can't win. They can't win the elections. Their policies are horrible. Nobody wants open borders. Nobody wants 15 million people, because I really believe that's the real number. By the end of this year, I believe we will let through over a short period of time, 15 million. That's bigger than New York. 15 million people. Nobody wants these things. Nobody wants high taxes, high interest rates, high energy prices. Nobody wants that. You can't win on those issues. The only way you can win is by cheating. And what they're doing now is they're weaponizing law enforcement in order to cheat, just like they did the whole mail-in thing, and they'll continue to do that. But they're weaponizing law enforcement in order to cheat. It's frankly the only way they can win, because their policies are losers.
1: We only got a couple of minutes, real quick, um, the book again. You actually align yourself with the underdog a lot, and I don't think that people understand that or appreciate about that. I know like Blagojevich, Michael Jackson, people who have taken a real hit. Where does that come from?
2: Well, I think it comes from fairness. Blagojevich was put in jail for like 18 years by the Comey group. You know, Comey and the whole band, the whole same guys that go after. Uh, so bad. They're so bad for the country. Go right after the names. And I thought it was very... I didn't know him. I had no idea about Blagojevich. But when you looked at what they did for him, and I gave him a uh, a release. I released him. I said, that's enough. I watched his wife on television one day, and she was saying, you know... My children have never seen their father outside of an orange outfit. And I said, that's terrible. And she just made a very big impression. His wife was very good. And I said, that's, and I I looked at it and he made a phone call and it was foolish and stupid. What he did was he was boasting probably like other politicians do also, but they happened to have his wires tapped and they gave him like 18 years. And I was very honored to have uh, gotten that out, get up, get him out, let him be with his family. It was a very unfair situation, but that's what they're doing. But that's what they're doing now. They're weaponizing law enforcement at a level that nobody's ever seen before. And it's very dangerous for the country and our country is not going to stand for it. You know, we have very strong people in this country and they've been sitting back and watching. They've been watching. They've watched that whole situation at the Capitol. They didn't walk in with guns. They shot Ashley Babbitt. That officer, bad things should happen to him. He shot her, and she was totally defenseless. She was like an American patriot. You look at her, everything online, the flag and the whole thing. She was an American patriot. They shot her, and nothing happened to him. If that were the other way around, there would have been held to pay. But the people of this country just aren't gonna take it anymore. They cannot take it anymore. I
1: believe they gave the shooter a medal. She wasn't hurting anybody. She wasn't breaking anything. There is a picture of you in a sweatsuit in this, in this book, which we've never seen before. That's excellent. I think it's um, another side to you. Is there anybody in this book you'd like to talk to right now? A lot of them are deceased. Some of your your friends going back. Is there somebody you wish you could call on the phone right now?
2: Well, they're great letters. I had two people, uh, Norma and Rona. They worked for me for a long time. You probably knew them both, maybe, because you've been doing it successfully for a long time. Your show on, uh, I always say, on Channel 5, right, in New York. (laughs) That show was great Uh, with Rosanna. That was a great show, and and I used to watch that all the time in New York. But I I have to say that... uh, and these are letters, uh, thousands and thousands of letters. And I picked some really interesting ones, and there are a lot of them left. But they would take these letters, and they would cherish them. Andrew Lloyd Webber saying, I'd love you to come to the opening of a new musical I'm going to be having uh, in New York. And the musical was like The Phantom of the Opera. And it was sort of amazing. I put that in. I put a lot, of, a lot of things. But a lot of the contrast, even Rosie O'Donnell writing me beautiful letters. She was writing me beautiful letters. She liked me. I don't think she likes me so much anymore, but she liked me. But Rosie O'Donnell writing me letters. We have a lot of them, and I have a lot of them left, too. Incredible. I'm not looking to do another book. But uh, the book just hit number one on Amazon immediately. I mean, like, immediately it went to number one. And I think it's going to be very interesting to a lot of people. And I think people are going to learn from this book.
1: People don't read the captions in, in picture books normally. This is very readable yeah, and I you learn so. stuff like yeah. Bob Hope was a great investor.
2: Who knew? Bob Hope was a great. He invested all of his real estate, all of his money in a part of California that was a gold mine. And he was a very, very good investor. Actually,
1: Mr. President, we have to be respectful of your time and your staff. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Good luck with letters to Trump. It's uh, obviously on its way.
2: Thank you. And you do a great job. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you, sir. Our
1: thanks to President Trump, to his staff, to uh, the people at winning team publishing who made this book possible with the president. And uh, what a what an experience, what an honor with the 45th president and probably the 47th. I'll be right back. All right, during the interview, I mentioned to President Trump how uh, funny his book can be at times. And it really is, laugh out loud, funny on purpose. We're laughing with him. At least I am. Take a look at this. Senator John McCain, we all know that they did not get along very well. There's a letter uh, from almost 20 years ago from John McCain to Donald Trump, very friendly, uh, very uh, positive and we know what happened. So in the book, he writes up about how he was not a very big fan and how things didn't work out, and he wrote this. I never warmed up to him, never felt good toward anybody having to do anything with John McCain, and never will, even despite the fact that at their request, I gave him the world's longest funeral, 11 days. Much like his wars, it never ended. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know how I could laugh at a never-ending war, but that is funny, and... uh, Then there's President Bill Clinton, who they played golf with, you know, before the election. And there's a letter from 2011, Dear Bill, uh, from Donald Trump to, uh, you know, have a happy new year, all that kind of stuff. Bill Clinton and I had a great relationship. I liked him and he liked me. And neither of us liked Hillary. Just kidding. (laughs) But neither of us liked Hillary. Just kidding. This is throughout the book at times. He has uh, he has fun with it. I always like Bill Clinton. He wraps up. I still do. But unfortunately, some things were just not meant to be. Um, It is a real treat and a delight to read this book. And I highly recommend it. All right. Take a look at this. Is Joe Biden really going to declare for president tomorrow?
3: ready to run again, Mr. President. Have you, oh, your plan on
1: running. I'll let you know, real: soon. I'm planning on running. Somehow, I still don't don't see it. Uh, we talked about this with with President Trump. I would like to talk about it now with Jim McLaughlin of McLaughlin Associates, a great pollster who helped him get in there in 2016 and uh, worked with him in 2020. Uh, Jim, welcome back. How are you?
3: Greg, it's great to be here.
1: You know, I still have my doubts. Last week I said he's not running. I know it's supposed to happen tomorrow. I just can't see this man getting the nomination. Can you? I know this is a gut thing. This is no data to support it. But what are your thoughts?
3: No, I I agree with you, Greg. And I think he's obviously all signs are pointing that he's kind of slapped together this announcement. Like normally in a typical presidency when you're running for reelection, this takes months of planning. But I think he's doing this right now at a weakness, not at a strength. And again, I'm still not sure if he's necessarily going to be their nominee. And the polling numbers tell us that we've been polling this for months now. And you basically have even about three quarters of the Democrats don't want him to be the Democratic nominee. So that's like weakness we've never seen with an incumbent president, Um, both Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Three quarters of their uh, partisans wanted them to run for reelection. And with Bill Clinton, it was about half of uh, his Democratic partisans wanted him to run for reelection. But basically, you have three quarters of his own party saying, Joe Biden, we don't want you.
1: You know, that is, uh, it sounds actually very undemocratic, right? Seventy percent of the people don't want you, but you're running anyway. Look, it obviously would be bad for the country, uh, bad for our national security. Everybody can tell he's not up for, this is going to be wild. I think he just might not drop that video tomorrow. We will see. Can I get your thoughts, please, on RFK? A lot of people coming up to me, they're very impressed with what he has to say about the vaccine, about COVID, about corporate America. I like it too, oh, by the way. But I got to remind people, you know, he is a total liberal. He's a liberal Democrat. He might be right on some issues, but on a lot of the core ones, I think he's out to lunch. But is he disrupting this race in any significant way?
3: I think, look, I think it's one of the reasons I think one is the strength of Donald Trump. We're seeing a lot of momentum right now from Donald Trump. And I think also now you're seeing somebody with the last name Kennedy jumping into the Democratic primary right now and look Kennedy's are not dumb when it comes to politics he clearly sees an opening here and look he's very very liberal you know a lot of folks like us aren't necessarily going to support him but look he's going to force Joe Biden to start answering some questions. And one of the big problems that Joe Biden's going to have here trying to run for so-called re-election is that you're going to see the Republicans on the Republican side doing town halls. We all know how active uh, President Trump is when he's out there. They're going to do debates. And and Joe Biden, he can't do those types of things that normal candidates do when they're running for president of the United States. And I think Kennedy's going to help expose that.
1: Well, he uh, he got through that 2020 campaign. Uh, they almost burned the country down to allow him to stay in the basement. I wonder if they'll try something else that's very weird. Anyway, Jim McLaughlin, so appreciate it. Many thanks. And uh,
3: hey, real quick, what would you think of the interview? Oh, I thought the interview was excellent. I thought it was terrific. And it, you saw the respect that uh, President Trump has for you. Thank you
1: very much. Yeah, I know. It's kind of an awe-inspiring thing. I'll admit it. Look, I'm upfront about uh, my feelings. I like the policy. I like the style. I like the man. And it is pretty cool uh, to uh, have 30 minutes and ask him whatever you want. Many
3: thanks, Jim. Thanks for watching. It was great. I can tell you, he's told me before, he has nothing but the utmost respect for you, Greg. Uh, Wow. Great stuff.
1: And uh, you and me too, okay? It's mutual. I'll be right back. Thank you, Jim.
0: You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere.
2: There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is has all the care Four, five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except him. His and his good friend Rudy Giuliani. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. You and that's exactly, what, is this that's exactly you're going? what this you exactly what this is called. where he's going. <laughs>
1: Totally amazing, Uh, those 51 intelligence officials, former president whatever, uh, President Trump told me that they should lose their security credentials because they still have them. I'm joined now by uh, Rick Grinnell, the former acting director of national intelligence, former U.S. ambassador to Germany, and a big time supporter of President Trump. In fact, you are in the letters to Trump book. Congratulations, uh, Mr. Director, welcome back. did you hear what he said? They, those guys do need to lose their clearances, correct? Oh, for sure. First of all, Greg, thanks for, for having me. It's a
4: pleasure to be here. Um, we we have a real problem because those 51 individuals, and I wouldn't even call them former intel officials. I'm going to call them uh, Washington, D.C. bureaucrats, because what these 51 people did was interfere in an election just a couple of weeks before the election, without a single piece of raw intelligence. None of them were briefed on any type of uh, intelligence suggesting that this was Hunter Biden's laptop um, from the Russians. None of them had a single piece of raw intelligence. They made it up. They did it for political gain. And look, when you look at that, fi- that list of 51, one of those individuals who was part of the process to put that letter together is uh, Jeremy Bash, the husband of Dana Bash, who covers Washington, D.C., and the administration for CNN. And so you're uh, supposed to believe that for two and a half years, Dana Bash and Jeremy Bash living together as husband and wife um, never ever shared the idea that Anthony Blinken was the original idea person to put forward this phony letter a couple of weeks before our sitting secretary of state interfered in the election by getting 51 people to uh, author a letter that was phony and fake and full of lies not only should they lose their security clearance but we should have uh, even more uh, prosecutions of these individuals because they interfered in an election knowingly lying to interfere in an election
1: Totally, totally. And you know, in that letter, they say, they give themselves a little disclaimer. We have not seen the evidence. We can't say conclusively. We don't know. But it has all the hallmarks. All the hallmarks is like, you know, (laughs) they both use pen and paper or they both used a computer. You know what I mean? You got you got cyber criminals using a computer and you got the Girl Scouts using computers. But they both use computers. So maybe it's Russia disinformation. Uh, By the way, I think they were. Uh, divorced Danabash and uh, the other one but still the same point it is so so crazy swampy by the way were you uh were you surprised and impressed that you've got a full picture in this book it's a beautiful moment you wrote him a beautiful note about how you're um, you know we are holding out for your triumphant return the handwritten note is there how do you feel about that
4: look i wrote that letter uh on new year's eve And uh, we all feel a little nostalgic on New Year's Eve. And uh, the idea that we need President Trump back to fix these problems, not only with these intelligence officials, but the border, global security, the economy, you could just go on and on and how many things he was right upon. And we need him. We need him back. I've never seen anybody who is more, uh, you know, solid, uh, somebody who can take the hits somebody who thinks past it and is fighting for the people. And, and we're so appreciative. So I wrote that letter to say thank you to President Trump and to encourage him to keep keep fighting.
1: Well done. Classy move. And uh, you know what? We need President Trump back. We need you back in his cabinet. And something tells me that could happen. Uh, Rick Rennell, great to see you. Many thanks. And we'll be right back.
5: Hey, guys, it's Carson for Gold Alliance. If you're concerned about how Washington's latest shenanigans may impact your financial future, this is an important message to hear because right now we have a stock market correction. We got high inflation. Fed rate hikes happening all the time. Some experts say a recession may sweep the nation. And folks who fail to prepare may face challenging times ahead, while gold owners may have a historic opportunity to grow richer. Now, if you'd like to learn a simple way you can diversify with gold before an economic downturn comes, if you'd like to put yourself on the road to financial peace of mind, the new 2023 Gold Guide from our friends at Gold Alliance can show you how. Here's what you got to do. Just go to www.freegoldguide.com Carson. Freegoldguide.com Carson. Or you can write down this number, 800-247-9236. 800-247-9236. Or again, go to freegoldguide.com slash carson.
1: Welcome back to Greg Kelly reports. So what does it mean? I mean, look, he's just a cable news host in some respects, but it's actually much bigger than that. Some people think that Tucker Carlson might even run for president. Could that happen? Let's bring in Congressman Matt Gates, Republican of Florida. Uh, welcome back, Congressman. I know you've been on Tucker's show a lot. Uh, you're a fan, we all are really, but uh, good to see you. And what do you think of what just happened?
6: I cannot overstate the importance that Tucker Carlson had on public policy and choices we made in the government. Tucker Carlson and I were directly involved in persuading President Trump to ignore some of the bad advice he was getting from Mike Pompeo and at times General Mattis and even Mike Pence in some circumstances because we had a realistic view of foreign policy. Tucker Carlson was one of the only platforms that the 20 of us who initially objected to Kevin McCarthy's speakership had as a place to be able to share our views with the country. And uh, Tucker Carlson was the rudder in the water during the summer of 2020, when a lot of Republicans actually were willing to make policing harder. They were siding with some of the arguments that BLM was making, and Tucker Carlson laid out each and every night monologues that did sound like presidential campaign speeches, but I know it gave a lot of Republicans uh, the courage needed to stand up and reflect the values of his viewers, our constituents.
1: Now, fearless, very smart, and... uh... Very experienced. He's been doing this since the uh, mid-1990s. But look, he's still Tucker Carlson. I mean, you'll have access to him. He can pick up the phone and talk to President Trump. And he just might run for office. It's been speculated about. Have you heard any? Would you be surprised? I mean, it's kind of getting late and it seems kind of topsy-turvy, but could he make a run for it?
6: I know Tucker pretty well, and I think he would have to cut down a great deal on the fishing. (laughs) To run for president, and I'm not sure that that's more important to him right now. But I look at a man who has worked for CNN and MSNBC and PBS and now Fox News, and I would suspect that the millions of Tucker Carlson viewers, of which I am one, will follow him to whatever his next project is. Uh, It might be an independent project, and if it is, I wish him well. And I know that viewers felt safe with him. And people are going to be looking for a place where traditional conservatism isn't attacked, where we're willing to speak truth about the origins of the coronavirus, about the dangers of vaccine mandates. There were times Tucker Carlson was unique in giving us the ability to make those arguments. And now I think you're going to have millions of Americans looking around for opportunities to hear thoughtful discussions where conservative views and values are unapologetically shared with the people who need to hear it
1: look it's uh, it 's definitely a loss, I consider Tucker Carlson a uh, an ally, a friend, even uh, We do have newsmax, and um, who knows this could uh, uh, we 'll see how things all all play out uh, i 'd like to ask you <laughs> over the weekend there was not a peep about the whistleblower about uh, Hunter Biden on the mainstream media Sunday shows in particular. You know when you have a whistleblower come out against Donald Trump, it is. Well, they're honored, they're feted, whether it's Vinman or the other guy or the so-called guardians on the cover of Time magazine. It is incredibly unfair, but does it matter? I mean, who's really engaging the mainstream media anymore?
6: We are going to need ways to communicate the truth about a woke, weaponized government that far too often has people with the ability to effectuate arrests instead engaging in politics. I'm glad that this movie's coming out soon on Netflix, I guess, about Nixon's plumbers. Because what the American people need to know, Joe Biden has plumbers. The Biden family has plumbers inside our government that designate any derogatory information about them. Disinformation planted by some foreign government. And if we're able to showcase the truth of that information, I think that it's going to unlock a lot of opportunity for Republicans to stand against the pay for play politics that has defined the Biden family for a generation.
1: So um, you have endorsed President Trump, correct? I have. What should Ron DeSantis do? Um, I, I asked the president today, you know, will he be, could he be a good president someday, you know, in 2028, 2032, he, he wasn't prepared to say so. Um, look, people, we like Ron DeSantis, but he's made some mistakes. What's your assessment? <laughs> Can he be a good president? Because people are, you know, let's face it, they're noticing the mistakes. They're not good.
6: Well, if any job in America is better than president of the United States, it is governor of the best state in the country, governor of the state of Florida. And as a Florida man, I hope Ron DeSantis will stay as our governor, will do a great job as our governor, will keep the people of Florida, his principal focus, and that Donald Trump will be the standard bearer of our party moving forward to the 2024 election. Ron DeSantis is a young man. I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to run for president down the road. But politics is like a wave, and if you get too far in front of it, it can come crashing down on you, and there may be a number of people with presidential ambitions this cycle who have that very experience.
1: Well, Congressman Matt Gates, thank you, and who happens to be even younger than uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, actually, so plenty of time and opportunity a few years. in store for you, sir. No, many thanks. Great to see you, and we'll be right back. So once again, we're very grateful to President Trump for allowing us uh, access and granting us so much time and all the people who made it happen on his staff, uh, Newsmax, production, a lot of moving parts when you sit down with a president of the United States. And I personally am very, very grateful. Uh, This book is amazing. It really is. And again, it's funny. I mean, just you got to see it for any Trump fan, for any fan of history. Oh, by the way, what do you I had to give him a gift. What do you give the man who has everything? I gave him another copy of my book, and uh, he was pleased to get it. Here's the deal. I inscribed it, and I didn't inscribe the earlier ones. So, uh, uh, And I just expressed my gratitude for all he's done for, quite frankly, me and the country. Uh, he's always been an ally, and um, big things are coming. Many thanks, and I'll see you tomorrow night. All the best.